Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore the trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. This show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today, I'm delighted to be joined by Deep Chakraborty. Uh, Deep, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I know you're joining us from your back garden in California. We we like to keep it casual here on the show. That's a new level of casual. Delighted you could join us today. Thank you for having me, Carol, and it's an honor to be on your show. I'm delighted. So um, you're the CEO of Enact Systems. You might just um, you might just talk to our audience about Enact Systems, what the offering is. Yes, Enact's uh, platform is uh, offering uh, end-to-end software for solar project design and solar project management. It's a platform that was launched in the U.S. in 2015, and we have grown now globally in many countries. We have two sets of customers. On the one hand, we have, of course, homeowners and business owners, people who buy solar and install them on their homes and buildings and own them for years. We're making it really easy for them to own these assets, understand the financial returns, of course, and and the value. But uh, we also offer providers. So think of solar installers and solar developers. We're offering them really good tools to design these systems remotely. So we use proprietary imaging algorithms with layout and design and pricing so it's very easy now to design right and of course sell them right and of course Mm -hmm. we then measure them right so it's a complete end-to-end solar process life cycle very good and they're two very different uh customer bases you have there so let's split them up we'll talk about the consumers first because i think you know, you straight away nailed probably the most important point, and that is consumers really need to understand the return. They need to understand the value. So you might just talk us through the offering for private consumers and homeowners. Absolutely. It's very simple. You know, it's been it's been 15 years for me in solar, and we all know solar works. It's It's a huge revolution. But there wasn't simple apps yet that help a customer understand how much money did they save. The whole point of solar, of course, is clean energy and sustainability, but people buy it for savings and payback as well. And we were on this journey now to uh, offer this and it's now launched in the U.S. and now across the world where the customer can see on one screen a very simple chart of how much money are they saving daily, monthly, annually, uh, which, of course, is a result of many factors. It's a good solar generation. It's, of course, the weather, the performance of the hardware. Many other attributes, electric rates have a huge impact. The rates are rising everywhere, so that sometimes helps you save more. It's a complex answer, but we have simplified it for the owner. And since we launched it, our customers have asked us for more. So we offer them system health reports and how well is the system performing. If everything is not going well, we offer them warnings and also help them on getting them fixed. And finally, battery storage is a big piece of the equation. Uh, so we help them understand the battery charge and discharge and their impact on their savings, battery health, and financial ROI. So it's a complete all-in-one simple app. It's, of course, a web app. It's a quite a lot of information. We also have a native app. You can download it on the App Store, iOS, and Google. Um, so are you essentially hardware agnostic? Um, are you your, your application will work across any hardware? Absolutely. Any any supplier of hardware. 
That's right. So we're agnostic to the brand of the solar panels, inverters or batteries. To make all of this work, we had to integrate with all the major OEMs or equipment manufacturers. And that was difficult, took us years. But having done that now, we're really adding value to all these owners. So we're actually helping all OEMs improve their customer engagement as a layer of data and app. Very good. Um, I'm glad you touched on performance of hardware because I think um, in the conversation around solar, a lot of this has been driven by environmental concerns, obviously, um, cost savings. Absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. Rates, are, you know, have, have been going up certainly over the last year while we're starting to see some of that become more manageable now. You know, it it has been a really difficult kind of 18 month period for that. But in terms of the performance of hardware, I think that we are now getting to a, coming to a conversation where um that you know certainly i've i've heard people in the industry when you know making choices in their own homes um you know this is where they're coming to evaluate the performance of hardware and there is a huge difference and i think that's something maybe the consumer market isn't aware of that actually it's it's a sliding scale um you know I, so you might just talk to us about the performance of hardware how how big a difference is there and in terms of return on investment for the average homeowner you know what's the year what's the year timeline looking like yeah let me talk about where i live in california it's one of the largest solar markets in the country and we have you know millions of customers the hardware is not just one thing when you buy solar it's coming together as a system at your home the panels, the inverters, and many other components, and now the battery. So what we find is that, you know, the, the solar panel industry has come a long way. You know, the, the failure rates on solar panels are down to parts per million, which is very rare that something would happen. But that's not necessarily the case with solar inverters or batteries. And as a customer, um, just one of those three main components have to fail for you to have a bad ex experience or outcome. Mm. So this is the, the next wave in our industry. We don't have really good platforms for understanding solar performance or managing the outcomes. You know, traditionally, the industry has been, of course, hardware-centric, and every hardware producer has their own app that talks about their own piece, like the inverter or the battery. But it's the customer's system, which is beyond just that one piece. It also is about the electric rates and, of course, the weather, the grid. The grid fails. I mean, last night, uh, a neighboring city had no power. That has an impact, too, on your system. And uh, sometimes the batteries strip. You have to restart them. So it's a very complex answer to your question. What is performance? How do you measure it? I think we are on the first uh, cycles of having a system-based monitoring approach and measuring it live and helping the consumer with very basic but intelligent information, not confusing them with a lot of engineering terms because they're not engineers. Now we have mainstream buyers who want to know, is it on? Is it working? Am I saving money or should I do something about it? Okay. Well, look, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the performance of hardware, but maybe in, in uh, different parts of the country. But I am particularly interested in the second uh, group of your customer base and they are mm -hmm. uh the developers um so I, mm -hmm. but we can't look at that we can't look at that without kind of acknowledging um as a company you're operating in the us and 23 other countries including ireland obviously the climate of ireland and and the weather patterns of ireland would be very different to that of california so 
you might just talk to us a little bit about maybe your work in Ireland, the UK, and how, you know, I suppose what developers might need to expect there. Yes. So uh, the platform that we have offered now for over five or seven years in different parts of the world, it's the same software for all the countries, but we adapt it for every local market. And what's adapted is, of course, the local currency, the electric rates, which are different in every city or town, and some other attributes. For example, um, you know, how do you finance a project? You have different lenders in some countries versus others. So on an act, you can start with a building, a simple address in Ireland, and within five minutes, the developer can have a proposal which is accurate enough to sign a contract with, with a homeowner or a building owner on how much solar they should put on the roof or which brand and how should it be priced. So it obviously means the, the software has a lot of built-in features which help the developers save a lot of time in their sales process. We find that you know the conversion from proposal to meetings to closings is very, very low. And you need to therefore have an engine that can have very accurate proposals at higher volumes than they normally do so that you have stronger pipelines now, of course, they have to be really accurate because once you do show up and close the contract, it has to be exactly what you told them up front. And that's the challenge we have solved. And that's why we are one of the fastest growing platforms for solar sales across the world. Uh, I will also add that, you know, the different types of developers, you have big and small, and the teams that do best with Enact are the companies that are growing. They have, let's say, another 10, 15, 20 salespeople being added every year. And as they scale, they realize that the startup tools and documents and, you know, the initial energy cannot be scalable unless they have a system in place for tracking their projects and outcomes. So we are most successful with what we call the, the growing, the small and medium installer segment, which in the U.S. we have thousands of companies. We have a similar yeah. companies in Europe. And can you talk to me about your Irish project? Are you in a position to discuss that today? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the same profile. You know, the company we work with in Ireland has a uh, small and medium uh, uh, project focus. They do residential and commercial buildings. They've been around for several years and they have uh, been selling and installing systems and they were looking for this similar, exactly what we offer platform. So we didn't have a hard time. I mean, they, they came to us and within three weeks, they were up and running with Enact and they have been really uh, successful with proposals, contracts, you know, on an act. Remember, none of us live in Ireland uh, or have uh, recently visited, but we are successful in doing it remotely and it's really helping them. And what difference does that make for the, the developers, consumers? So the first benefit is time to proposal. So if you're a developer, you know, this company, the, the time it takes for them to respond to a customer proposal has come down like 10 times. Earlier, they would wait two or three days. Now it's the same day, sometimes same hour. They have a very good offer. Second is the engagement is better because it's a very complete, uh, transparent offer on how much they'll save, cash flows, financials. It generally stirs more engagement. Consumers want to have engagement with providers that have given them more information in a clean manner. And that helps them close deals faster. So those are the two, three areas we're seeing uh, good conversion. Same in the U.S. Okay. And you might just, um, if we can, I, I, I'm interested, I'm curious about the Enact business model. So 
who who is paying for your service and is it different across the different client types yes of course so the installers and developers are paying for the software as a subscription online they can sign up and you know pay for per month per user and we have discounts based on how many users are using the platform and larger companies of course have more users they have a better price sometimes but in general it's a very standard SaaS subscription model and the same is true for homeowners and businesses who are using the app they're also paying as a SaaS subscriber for the software of uh, solar and so batteries and so it's not um, it's very familiar to you for for software com- companies you know we're not trying to sell any hardware here we're not trying to uh, finance anything it's just a software data services revenue Okay um you know I had mentioned earlier in the interview that I'm particularly interested um to talk about the forms of hardware but that hardware does actually include uh batteries and battery storage which you you've referred to you've referred to already today but um you might just because we know that that's an area that requires so much more innovation you know what does the future look like for uh solar or for solar uh storage solutions you know and you know what are the trends that we need to be keeping an eye on Yeah it's fascinating obviously uh the three big trends we see first is the grid itself where i live in many parts of the world is no longer as reliable as it used to be because of weather as infrastructure and so batteries are being paired to add backup capabilities and 20 to 30% of homes do that in the us if you go to other parts of the world it's much higher sometimes second big trend is the the growth of electric cars so people who are buying electric cars and need to charge them at home realize quickly that even though they might have solar the net metering benefits are going away and they might need to store their solar power on a battery to charge at the evening rates which are always higher and that's a trend in many european countries and so solar buyers are charging with their battery and of course there's a lot of advancements coming third big trend is the whole area of uh, growth in financing for such systems so in the us you can get a solar battery combined system financed as a monthly payment so it's becoming an alternative to utility and even schemes around discharging these systems for benefits like dollars in your bank on a hot summer day because the grid needs a you know demand response it's event so there's a lot of financial incentives for such systems um, which is a third big driver So that's a quick answer to your question why solar and storage is so important it's it's more complex but fast growing. Um just from what you're telling me there um it's making me question is the ecosystem supporting this more advanced in perhaps other countries than it might be in Ireland um and obviously because you're operating globally like you you probably have oversight and and you could probably um has a, a bit of a, a better guess than i might be able to estimate but you know in terms of where we are in ireland towards uh domestic consumers embracing solar you know ha- have you have you any measurement of where ireland sits in a global ranking um it's definitely not in the top 10 however i would say this in the last two years because of the change in europe on the gas prices and all the energy um uh, situation due to the war we saw a huge spike in the rates which um led to a rapid increase in the growth of customers looking for solar and storage just like the uk market and it has changed the rankings completely um 
and I think I would just say this instead of losing ourselves in numbers, the, the annual sales of batteries per, uh, in the UK, Ireland, let's say the whole region is far more than the US. And okay. it's growing at a very uh, rapid rate. Same is true for Germany. You have more German uh, battery consumers annually than the US. The US is an early market. That being said, there are many more manufacturers now. I was at the conference last uh, summer, this summer in uh, Munich, and we saw at least 100 battery companies launch, um, and even a bigger number in the pipeline. So lots of new capacity, new brands, some known, some unknown. So it's a very fast-growing space. Um, obviously, they, this this whole area has changed a lot since Enact Systems um, was first established back in 2015. Even though it's it's a relatively short period of time, a huge amount has happened um, in terms of regulations. Um, so there's compliance as a driving factor that maybe wasn't there before. We, you know, previously the conversation might have been solely around sustainability, where you were asking people to make a moral choice or to follow yeah. their conscience. Whereas actually now we have um, we have compliance that that um, obviously has been a key driver for the built environment. Uh, what kind of trends are you seeing? Like, where? Do, what do you see as the next big driver or where Where are the trends that you're seeing? Yeah, compliance alone is a huge topic. It's early days. And unlike some other countries, I think every market has its own thing. In the US, the whole regulation is around permitting. So every city has to sign off on every system and inspect every system. It's extremely slow and months of time are lost in such paperwork. If you go to Germany, there is no permitting bottlenecks and that really speeds up some of the uh, processes and systems are also lower priced in, in terms of dollars uh, for a consumer. Um, so, but that's just one area of compliance. You know, there's a lot more to come in the area of sales and finance. I feel that in the U.S., we are seeing very expensive loans being sold with unreasonably high dealer pricing, dealer costs. So basically, uh, marked up loans because there's no regulation in this space um, and it's a consumer lending problem. Uh, in other countries, we haven't even seen the start of such loans. So I see that you know, it's an emergence of a whole new industry altogether. That's interesting. Um, so say for a, a country maybe that is not in the top 10, what do we? What can our policymakers learn? Maybe um, you know. Again, we have an adage here that seems to come up more often than I'd like, and that is that not every, not you know, we don't have to make all the mistakes ourselves. We can actually learn from some of the others. Um, so, what what can our policymakers learn from the experiences of jurisdictions that are maybe a little more advanced? Yeah, one is keep permitting simple. It's it's uh, it's a safe enough investment. It's been around for twenty years or thirty years. To keep it easy. Of course, regulations have to be on the OEMs to make them safe, but let's not encumber the homeowner or the contractors for too many pieces of paper to get each system done because that's really hurting the consumer's wallet. The other big uh, thing I would say is make it easy for scale up of financing of such systems with government backed uh, lower interest loans or simple structures. Let's not uh, try to make it burdensome again on the consumer. Obviously, it's a new area. And uh, on the one hand, tax-based incentives are great because it forces the easy tracking and uh, reimbursements. On the other hand, also, uh, we need probably incentives from the top, you know, federal government in this case, 
in your country to make it easy for consumers to avail of such a system quickly. Very and good. On you know online, yeah. Very good. Um, so I mean that that's the policy side, but I'm always curious about the pockets um, or the 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 pockets for potential innovation that any. Uh, evolving ecosystem creates. So uh, obviously you have a good view of kind of the global ecosystem, but looking maybe not necessarily at the Irish, but certainly at the European market, where are the pockets um, for potential innovation here? I know you mentioned certainly around um, the, the financing side of it, but say for other entrepreneurs in the solar or um, prop tech, industry you know yes. if they're looking to add values value via renewables are you seeing any kind of pockets for potential innovation right now that's a huge area of innovation ahead of us in the us we're seeing obviously ecosystems of startups being set up in different accelerator groups active in different cities the innovation is not just in the area of hardware or maybe in the area of customer acquisition which are like challenging problems to solve we're also now seeing innovation in the area of data, how to leverage data around us to improve access to customers or improve the health of existing solar customers or battery customers. There's a lot of ways to innovate. So new business models is where I see a lot of opportunity. In Europe, in some ways, it is easier. And I'll say, for example, carbon is a big topic. Carbon credits can be sold in Europe and transacted easily. Uh, much more easily than the U.S., where carbon policy is behind. So just that area alone, I can sense as a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs to help monetize these carbon assets at the lowest level of a home. It's not been done yet, and huge opportunity ahead for aggregation of carbon benefits at the solar homeowner level. That's that's an interesting one. And, um, you know, I, I, I touched on just how different... Um, not just the marketplace, but how different the world is in 2023 rather than in, in 2015, in the early days of enact systems. Today, what would you do differently? If I were going back in time, we, we, we would have raised more money and pushed the gas pedal harder. It was difficult in the early days because there was no clear policy in the US. We had a couple of backpedaling uh, years of policy, uh, which really hurt us. Uh, but the world moved faster. And uh, now I think the U.S. has caught up in many ways to the growth rates. So, yeah, if we look back, we would have probably pushed the company harder in those early years and grown faster. But that also allowed us to build the product very well. We focused very hard on the software and made it work in many countries at once. And that's giving us the advantage now. Okay. And what's in the what's um, in the future for Enact Systems, maybe over the next kind of two to three years? Yes, we are laser focused on the U.S. market expansion. You know, we are very West Coast centric today and we're expanding on the East Coast. And we also have some very good customers in Europe and I visit regularly. We're seeing, you know, fantastic market opportunity in Europe. So to us, both the sides of the Atlantic are very important for our future. Um, our Series A investor is from the U.K. That gives us a very good base to expand from. And we're also looking at expansion in the Middle East, where we have been active for four years now. It's one of our biggest markets. So all in all, it's very international growth ahead, but the same product, new features, and helping the same type of customers, you know, the solar companies, developers, and the consumers. It's the same landscape everywhere. Very good. Um, amazing progress made globally in just eight years. And I'm delighted to hear that there is a focus on both sides of the Atlantic and that you visit regularly. And of course, 
when you make it to Ireland next. Um, we look forward to learning a little bit more, maybe hearing a little bit more about your Irish project and see what's coming out of that. Because again, I I, I suspect we have a catch up game of our of our own to do. Um, so I look forward to seeing how that progresses. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, that was Deep, uh, sorry, Deep Chakra Borty and um, of an Act Systems. And that's all we've time for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate, real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. Before we go, just a special word of thanks to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors, and indeed for industry leaders. Um, and again, thank you to PropTech Ireland for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio.